Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast, brought to you in part by Tazzini Media. I'm your host, Steve Semino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and we have a very special guest today. Andrew, our executive editor, is still raising his little child, which means he doesn't have time for the shitty summer movies that have covered the landscape in 2016. But luckily, we found the only person who is capable and willing and enjoys talking about the DC Cinematic Universe, and specifically Suicide Squad, which we're talking about today, and that is my friend, Chris Schwank. Hey, Chris. Hey, everyone. How you doing, man? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, excited to be here. I uh, actually, I, a lot of these films that you guys review, I I just listen to the podcast, and then I'm just kind of like, all right, I'm good. You know, so <laughs> in lieu of seeing a lot of these films, I just listen to YouTube banter, and then uh, I kind of get my fill, and I don't feel the need to see them. So, <laughs> well, that's probably a rarity, but we appreciate it very much. <laughs> I'm glad that somebody is out there is enjoying it and taking something away from it. So, we love that. Thank you. Yes. And I know you've wanted to come on for a while, and we've tried to get you on for other assorted things and for various reasons they fell through, and this seemed like the perfect time to get you on because I know that you're the only person, no, not the only person I know, but one of the few who saw Man of Steel and saw Batman vs. Superman and took something away from both of them and, and, and went into Suicide Squad with a lot of high expectations. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's exactly correct. I, I, I'm, a, I'm DC all the way. Uh, I'm not a big. You like DC better than the Marvel movies, right? I do, I do. I, I did see Civil War. I was bored to tears, honestly. That's. I mean, we have this whole podcast to extrapolate on that, but I, I don't understand that. I can't imagine how you liked Man of. Well, tell us in your own words. Talk about your what you thought about this this arc of DC movies. What you thought about Suicide Squad? Just give give us like a little intro and. You know that that trailer I thought was was maybe one of the best trailers I'd ever seen. I was fired up uh, going into it, and uh, they they didn't even get me. I have to say, um, there, there were parts I thought were fun, uh, but overall they just made so many head scratching decisions. And uh, yeah, it's I, I can't endorse. It's almost it's like. A- I was trying to like put in the, it's when I was leaving the theater last night trying to put it into words. It was difficult because it's just it was such a flop on every front. Like it was just so, you know, and, and, and everyone should know that we're going to be very open about spoilers here. So if you haven't seen Suicide Squad, I don't think either one of us recommended. But if you feel the need to go pause the podcast, go to your local multiplex, see set two hours and 10 minutes aside, suffer through it and then come back and join us. But it's just. It's very I, – I, I didn't see Batman vs. Superman. I'll openly admit that. So I'm not caught up entirely on DC's little world they're building. But I agree. I thought Suicide Squad looked like it was going to be great. Like even up to a week before it came out, the hype was still deafening. Like we've been hearing about it for months. They've been building it up for so long. And then when you get – the reviews started trickling out and it was – you could you, you didn't want to believe them because how could it be that bad? Like what could they have done to make it so deplorable that everybody doesn't like it? And when you sit down and you sit through it, it's it's really that bad. Yeah, I mean uh, I think Batman vs. Superman had some, some issues. Um, I thought Eisenberg was uh, definitely a weak point for me. But overall, I, I, I enjoyed myself. And if you'd seen Man of Steel, I don't know what you were expecting. <laughs> you know, it's like they were, the people were shocked that Batman vs. Superman was the way it was. I don't know what movie people were walking into there. 
Yeah. yeah. And you see, man, which is the, it's the same director, many of the same characters, the same general idea, just with Batman popped in there. It did seem, people did seem to have odd expectations. So you, so you, did you chalk up a lot of the, the hate to that then? You think like, like, you know, remnants of the Nolan Batman movies, fans who were just waiting to be pissed off or had super high expectations? Or what do you think, until Suicide Squad, what do you think was the, the, the issue? I think Snyder is uh, an easy target. But I would defend using him in, in these films. Uh, they're not based in reality, like the, the Nolan Batmans. And as far as visuals go, he's, I would say, he's as good as anyone. Yeah. So he's also... That's not saying much, though. Like, I mean, when you... When you like, I think... And, and we'll, we'll get into the, deep, the issues with Suicide Squad, but the, they're, they're trying to set up a, a world here. They're trying to build a cinematic universe, which is what a word everyone loves to use, which I use all the time, too, so I shouldn't speak disparagingly, but... They're trying to do this, but they're trying to they're they're skipping all these steps. And I think Snyder is just a bad director in that regard because he doesn't seem like a world builder or a storyteller necessarily. He's like a hit you over the head with a big steel chair kind of guy. And it's great for like 300 and maybe it would have been great for like even Justice League, which is going to be big and loud with explosions. And, and it's, it's going to be the bomb, more bombastic one. But he just doesn't seem like the setup kind of guy. Yeah. And, and, and I think you take away the history of Superman. It's a lot harder to nail that movie than you would think. I mean, if I said, and you didn't know anything, I said, hey, let's go to see a movie about an alien who can fly and shoots laser beams out of his eyes. You'd be like, what? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I would never see that. So, you know, obviously it has a rich history that, that people love, but I think at its core, it's, it's, it's a little more difficult to pull off than, uh, than people think. Yeah. That's fair. And I mean, and I, I saw Man of Steel as well, and I didn't dislike Man of Steel. And I can't speak with any certainty on how good Batman vs. Superman was because I purposely stayed away from it. But I think, you know, for whatever, the, for whatever you say about those movies, they were, they were steps in the direction building towards this, this whole DC thing. And Suicide Squad was supposed to be another big step in that direction, giving us a whole bunch of new characters, all the villains giving us the first glimpse of the new Joker, giving us a little Batman thrown in there. Just It was supposed to be, and it was supposed to be, like, you can tell, they when they saw Guardians of the Galaxy, they got to be in their bonnet, and they were like, we need, to, this is going to be another Guardians. And I think when you see Suicide Squad, like, it just feels like a very sad, forced re- repetition of Guardians. And it just does not, it's just, it's it's sort of, the first 45 minutes to an hour are, are depressing. Like, they're just... It's it's so I feel like it's so blatant how hard they're trying to rip it off, and it's sad at how poor of a job they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, nah, I mean I have to agree with you there. It's uh, you can tell even with you know the music they were putting in, they were really trying to just nail those scenes uh, the way the Guardians did. That's the one Marvel property I, I do really like. Um, you know, and I knew nothing about it going in, so. As no no one really did, which is why it was such like a and I, I didn't know anything about Suicide Squad either. Besides, the Joker was and Harley Quinn were going to be in it, so they certainly had the opportunity to to surprise us with something different and didn't really take advantage of it at all. Yeah, but I mean, but before we completely trash it, uh, <laughs> no, we we can't completely trash we can't compl- it. Well, well, we, it, I, I can, I guess. What do you you you're yeah you're the you know that that's our our difference here. So why go ahead? What do you? What did you find redeeming? Well, I, I liked Amanda Waller. I thought she was great. Uh, but yeah, Viola Vi- Vi- Davis was was is a very good choice for that. Yeah, she. Uh, I thought she she nailed her part. 
that's kind of what I was looking for from you know Alex Luthor in this universe and Eisenberg. He he did something completely different. I don't I don't know what he he was going for the millennial Luthor, uh, Zuckerberg Luthor. I, I don't know. <laughs> it just didn't work. And yeah. if you had a performance like that, you know, someone who is bad but uh, you know definitely believes in what what they're doing type of thing, you know, I think it would, that would help Man of Steel even. Yeah. No, I I mean I agree. She was she was good, and she's the linchpin of the movie, which you think would make it a lot better because she's you know part of the whole idea. You know, for what I, from what I read about Suicide Squad, is it was trying to be you know aggressive and different, and having a African American actress of power is you know, and I've I've read a little bit about her. There's like some cool scenes in the comics where she stands up to Batman and tells him to get the hell out of her face, and like basically doesn't give a shit about whoever's bossing her around and that's that's a uh, that's a great idea the movies need more of that like it's at the very least beyond the the role it adds for someone who wouldn't normally be in a spot like that is it's just different it just breaks the status quo a little bit it's something you wouldn't expect like we're so bombarded by the same old shit in these movies that it's nice to have someone a character like hers who is so different but at the same time they you know getting into the details of suicide squad they she's introduced and they sort of push her out of the way so we can get 60 minutes of of incredibly lengthy introductions about every single character. And some of the characters are just, they still are bores. Like, yeah, I don't know shit about them. I don't know who they are. Like I, I literally know their names and it's just, they just do such a lengthy and somehow not complete job in introducing all of these people that are going to be in their movie. Yeah. I mean, I heard they cut out a killer croc backstory that, that <laughs> so, from what I read, it did not look good though. I can, I can see why they cut it out. Uh, but it's just so know. weird. Like, I mean, I turned to my girlfriend in the middle of the movie and I was like, they haven't even gotten the characters together yet. Like the team has not even been assembled and we're 60 minutes into the movie. Like that's insane. The whole point of a team movie is for the team to do things and be together and like find their differences. Like there's like a blueprint that works because it works. Like, it's not like it, there's no need to deviate from that. And it was so weird to me that for whatever reason, studio interference david ayer's thoughts on it like whatever the the final outcome was these people don't even interact until you're the movie's halfway over yeah and and before we kind of get into the main characters what was scott eastwood doing <laughs> it, it, it took till one of the last scenes to say oh yeah that is him like why would he take this role he was he was the flags uh like uh like a lieutenant right yeah yeah, I mean, they're just nothing didn't have to a it. speaking line really, besides maybe like military jargon. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you think he's a little bigger than that, but I don't know. I mean, Clint, I don't, maybe he just wanted. I mean, it seems like a lot of the people in the movie probably thought they, or you know, some of the complaints that have come out and deleted scenes, which we'll talk about later. It seems like there's a whole bunch of this movie that was left on the floor. So I don't know if they told him he was going to be more important, or if he just wanted to hop in the DC bandwagon. Like, who the hell knows? So let's get into it though. So. So they spend a long time introducing all the characters. You got Will Smith as Deadshot. You got Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. You got Jared Leto as Joker, who, I, th- I mean, I don't know what you knew before going into this movie. I honestly thought Joker was going to be, if not the bad guy, then a member of the Suicide Squad until maybe like a week ago. And then I realized, oh, he's just he's just sort of there. Like I started reading about the actual movie and I was like, oh, he doesn't. Really sounds like he doesn't do much of anything in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I saw one review that that said they wish that he wasn't in, in it at all. Um, 
which I think he did. Having him in there definitely added to some of the buzz that people were excited about. You have an Oscar-level actor taking on this part that only a few Oscar-level guys have taken on. So I see why they left him in. But we can start with him because yeah, I let's, don't let's... know what to make of that performance. <laughs> <laughs> At times it seemed like he was just doing some ledgery stuff. His laugh was certainly very odd and and striking. I don't know if necessarily in a good way. I, I remember it after the fact. I didn't really know what to... He was in it for so... like I mean, it's already gone around plenty on the internet. He's literally in it for... I think he's in a bunch of scenes, but they all are, I think, cumulative for like eight minutes. And you don't really even have enough time to get a sense of what he's all about. Like, it's really... It's playing mostly on the fact that you already know the Joker... And, oh, here's Jared Leto, and here's a little taste, and then, you know, I, I assume we'll get a lot more later, but it's, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't even know if I had time to form an opinion on what he was doing in it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when I heard he, he only had a small part, I, I pretty much figured we'd all be coming out uh, begging them to make the Affleck Leto, uh, you know, Batman versus Joker movie. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm that into that. That's, which is a really bad sign because that's their that's what they that, like you said that that's what they probably thought we'd all think too like oh man they're gonna be salivating so hard for some more Joker and maybe not yeah I mean you know Ledger kind of was a little cooler with the character he, you know he Leto was kind of just just pulled off the weird thing I guess I, I think that's yeah. what he was going for just you know. The guy's just weird, and he's not cool. Uh, you know, he, he makes you cringe a lot of times when he says things. He has a damaged tattoo on his head, which is, you know, that how, how on the nose can you possibly be with that? Yeah, like I can't see Joker sitting down in the tattoo parlor and saying, please put damaged <laughs> right here. Uh, but I could see him scarring up his face and permanently paint. Like, like I could see him looking in a mirror and drawing some clown shit on his face but yeah like when you get a little more in the weeds with that it gets it gets you lose a little bit of the believability which is already tenuous at best in the first place yeah yeah and some of the some of the looks they had him in uh, um i mean the the heavy leather purple jacket i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's i mean i think whatever your takeaway of like you like you said i think the main thing is they didn't use him particularly well, and they certainly didn't build excitement for him in the next one. Like I again, I, and I think it's it's just their whole DC's whole process here is so interesting to me because they seem to be like I said, they seem to be really like jumping over certain elements of the process and going, oh, everyone knows Joker, everyone loves Joker, so why waste time setting up Joker when you can just have him be there and like? But that's not how it works. Like you need to. Like it worked in Dark Knight because we had a Batman movie first, and like, but they gave, they gave us a full movie of Joker. Like, and even from then, they established him slowly until he started doing all this crazy shit with Ledger. But here, they just seem to have totally banking on everyone just being on board, and that's just I don't understand what they've done to engender any sort of goodwill or storytelling, you know, trust when nothing they've done so far has really built anything of value. No, no. And, and, you know, as we talked about the box office, you know, we, we want these to succeed and, and yeah. give them every shot. Yeah, even like, I mean, I, I'll prefer Marvel, but I'm I'm very much, you know, going, I will see any of these movies if people say they're good. Like I would, I'm. Th- this summer has been so bad with movies in general. Like I was really hoping 
one of these was going to be the hit that I would enjoy. And it's just when they're crappy, it's just it's sad. Like, I don't want to rail on it, but it's just what else can you do? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and for DC, one of the reasons I like that over Marvel is the villains are are much stronger. You could believe they can take out the hero where in Marvel, I don't really get that sense. Yeah. Um, you know, the villain, you, know, you can't really believe the Green Goblin can uh, beat up Spider-Man. You're just like, yeah. no. This, and, and that goes for, God, anyone in Iron Man's universe. But, uh, but that's the, I mean, DC has great villains. They do. Um, and that's probably my biggest problem with the movie is you have so many great villains to pick from. You went with Enchantress? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's another really that's a huge issue. And I talked about that. My review is up on inrealdeep.com for anyone who hasn't uh checked that out yet, please go to our site and, and give it a full read. You'll get a lot more of my take on this. But it's just they establish, you know, a villain enchantress, as you said, who is really, you know, not defined in any real way. Her goals are not clear. She just seems sort of angry at the world and wants to blow it up and creates sort of like a monster brother some like this it's all like really loosely put together and with and just doesn't really make any sense and certainly doesn't make you go oh no the suicide squad is gonna have a big like it's it's really just an excuse to and we've talked about this before off the air is to make to, to have someone with a lot of power and the ability to create a bunch of foot soldiers and a bunch of like basically they're like the putty patrol from power rangers in this and she creates a bunch of different like guys and sends them all out into the city and it's an excuse to have them all be able to be gunned down and shot by our heroes without any sort of consequence like just excuses for more battle scenes basically yeah and you know they feel the need to have a world ending kind of uh stakes in these movies but from what i understand the suicide squad does these you know black ops missions you know they're forced to do it because they have the thing in their heads that's the type of thing they do, not save the world. Because uh, yeah. where the hell was Batman? The sorceress yeah. is trying to, I don't know, the lightning thing, what, the trash. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I assume yeah. that's on Batman's radar. Where is or he? <laughs> Wonder Woman, like they, they, these characters, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, in Batman vs. Superman, they do, they define that there are other heroes out there. They just haven't yet gathered them into one team but obviously it's made clear in in suicide squad that batman and flash are active and participating in in villain defeating but yet they see no reason to come to midway city and help out at all yeah yeah and uh, you know the metahuman thing i'm in Uh, the alien from (laughs) you're in the the alien from krypton i'm in the 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 killer croc i'm in but the other dimensional sorceress, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Not in. Uh, <laughs> well, I was I was saying on the way out that um, she's an archaeologist and she goes to that dig and she finds this thousand year old statue and she breaks the head off. Like if you're an archaeologist, that's the last thing you're <laughs> supposed to do. You're supposed to preserve the artifacts. You're not supposed to break them. I assume Enchantress was like calling to her from within the thing, but like it's just it was just so weird. Like everything everything they put together was was underwhelming or odd in some way, I thought. Yeah. 
But yeah, let's. But let's. I mean, like even like, and the villains obviously are were subpar. But like the the non Will Smith and Margot Robbie Suicide Squatters, like you said, like of all the guys they could have picked, like Captain Boomerang, like I don't know what was going on there. Like he he got maybe two lines of introduction. I think he threw two boomerangs the whole movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he threw the one boomerang that had a camera in it. Yeah, and, and that it, got swatted. Uh, it didn't boomerang too. It just it just sort of flew like a drone. Like that's not a boomerang. Right. It's supposed to spin. So he just threw a drone, basically. Yeah, I think <laughs> that was the uh, that was the biggest swing and miss. That that was the character that had the most potential. They could have had the good lines. Um, I'm not a fan of that guy. His uh, name Jai Courtney. I'm not, I don't think I've ever. What is he in? What do you know him from? I only know from the Die Hard movie, which I didn't see. So I guess oh, I guess he I sh- is in the Die Hard movie. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh God. But I think he's becoming the new Sam Worthington. <laughs> uh, that's a he guy. He does sort of look like just true. a guy. I'm just like, uh, that guy. Mm. <laughs> no thanks. Uh, Hard pass. And he's just he just looks like a poor man's Tom Hardy. That I can't imagine a film that. You know, you, you would swap Tom Hardy for him wouldn't be ten times better. Yeah. Um, but but Boomerang is actually a somewhat serious Flash villain. Uh, oh, um, is he in the Flash show? Yeah, yeah. And oh, he, weird. He okay. Flash all he can handle. In this, it looked like Flash just pushed him over. <laughs> he showed up <laughs> and, and pushed him, and that was it. <laughs> it was like okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I, that sounds about right. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he's he's a major Flash villain, and uh, you know, you wouldn't know it from that that scene. Uh, no, you sure would not. I didn't take any. I didn't even know he had anything. I thought it was just sort of coincidence that they were trying to just shoehorn Flash in there. I didn't even know there was like a reason for that. Yeah, because it's and, so quick. Because it just happens, and then it's gone, and then you're like, "What was that? Oh, next scene, I guess. Next yeah. uh, CCR song accompanying some training bullshit." Yeah, and then there was Slipknot, who, if everyone has seen the movie, you'll barely remember Slipknot. <laughs> the most people are going to be laughing about that for years. The nerds are going to just have a field day with that. The only Native American character in the movie, he's described. I think he says he's like good at climbing things or something. They sort of, I think Flag has a quick line about yeah. what his value is. He's delivered in a big sack. He can climb anything. Is the line <laughs> what? <laughs> What okay. does that mean? He's not like Spider-Man. He can't like literally climb anything. He needs to use like grappling hooks and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So he's Batman without any yeah. of the things he's outside. He's Native American Batman. And with just I a think- grappling hook. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be too useful here. But, oh, well, <laughs> and he's dead. <laughs> You're right. They, they just use him so that they can show you that they are capable of blowing people's heads off. Yeah. Well, I, I, and that's it. Yeah, I can see. Which is fine, it's but it's just, thing. but it's so weird to like. There was before he even appears in the movie. Amanda Waller has all the pictures of the Suicide Squad up on a big screen, and there was the one you hadn't seen yet. And I turned to my girlfriend. I was like, "Who is that guy? Why? Why is it? Why do we know him yet? <laughs> like, why is his picture on the screen?" And then he appears, you know, twenty minutes after that. Like, it's just very odd. If he's not that important, why even have like? It just, just, it just, it's little things like that just take you out of the movie and remind you that it's like stupid and poorly put together and i think that just really hurts trying to tell a story properly yeah and, and i mean i'm completely unfamiliar with him in, in the dc universe and his name is slipknot which is the crazy punk band too so that's also very <laughs> that's confusing 
I thought that was like a misspeak. When I first, I'm like, I must have misspoke. I'm sure it's like, you know, Gypnot or something like. I'm sure it's something. <laughs> oh no, it is the name of the band. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to Wikipedia him and see what his whole deal is. <laughs> Please report back afterwards and tell me. (laughs) But what about Will Smith? I mean, what was your take on that? I mean, he was fine. I don't know. Like, it's 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 it's, I I, like the the hype around that was like Will Smith playing a bad guy. Never never been done before. So exciting. And it's just he just it felt very tame and very like for, for a bad guy. He did not feel like. He did anything of real horror or note, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the one time we see him in action, he's killing a, a mafia informant. And honestly. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah. It's not good you know, necessarily, but. We don't like rats, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's not so bad. I could I give him a pass on that even. Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just, it all, and then. And then immediately after he's professing how much he loves his daughter and like he doesn't do and then he never and then all all he kills after that are, you know, putties and shooting. You know, he hasn't he does literally zero bad things. Yeah, I, th- I thought maybe he should have you know gone after Batman. You know, we could have seen you know, maybe get caught in a different way where he's shooting at yeah. Batman or something because then we might actually not like him. But <laughs> you think I mean, a good a good movie. What you think would be would a real like and again and and we haven't really touched on this but you know it's hard to tell how much david ayer contributed to it being so bad and how much of it was re-edited and taken away from him in a lot of ways and cobbled together in a fashion that he probably didn't entirely approve of but i still think there's a great movie there or a great story where you make us hate these guys and then turn it around so we root for them like you make them actual bad guys and then make us begrudgingly like them. And they chose to do zero of that. There was nothing, nothing anyone did was like, we liked them. They were all charming and fun and attractive and sexy from moment one. So what's the conflict there? What's the, you know, what's the eventual metamorphosis into heroes? Like it's, they're already heroes, but what the, what's the point? Like, it's just, it's just really lazy and really just lacking in any sort of, you know, ambition or, or interest in really trying to do something interesting there. I thought. Yeah. And, and the motivations and this, this probably comes in with the editing, which I, I don't think you can give him a pass completely on, on the edits and the reshoots and everything. Yeah, um, probably not. I think it's, you know, people like him from, he's really only done fury, right? He did. Um, I think end of watch was his as well. Okay. And people, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie, right. people seem to like that. Right. Too. So that's, that's, I've never seen that. It's supposed to be a good one. So uh, I just, it's just funny how a Snyder gets killed for, he would get killed for this and, and Ayer is getting the excuses made. It's the studio. It's this, it's that. Yeah, that's true. And <laughs> you're, you've already established yourself as a Snyder fanboy. So obviously you have a dog in this race, but it's you're you're right. It is we are trying to fall over ourselves to make excuses for David Ayer, and that is sort of ridiculous because he hasn't said you know, and maybe he's just playing good soldier, but he hasn't come out and said anything you know particularly negative about DC. He's you know said this is my movie, this is my, what I wanted. Yeah. So that's he, he, even if he is just playing you know, but he's trying to keep stay on their good side. It's he's if he's owning it. We we need to say well then you made a shitty movie, David Ayer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. I believe That's he wrote point. it too. Um, 
He did. He was. He's the only credited screenwriter, yeah. which obviously is that part's. I'm sure not true, but whatever. Right. So I mean, Enchantress is it, on him. It's not. Yeah. Here's a he's movie. the auteur who made Suicide Squad, so he does. He should own it. He did. He probably decided that she was the villain that we all would, you know, get behind. So it, you know, it, we it's come out a few days ago now. We're recording this on Sunday night, so the box office numbers are pretty out there, and it it made a lot of money. It did extremely well. And granted, you know, Batman vs Superman did extremely well first weekend too, and then sort of fell off. But it seems that at the very least that the hype was succeeded, and you know, they turned this movie with way more stars than than Guardians had in it, but equally as unknown as like a you know a material into a big hit. So this this I'm cu- very curious to see what happens next, whether DC sort of responds to the negative reviews or whether they respond to you know, the millions of dollars they're making. And uh, and then also, if next weekend, if people still go see it or if they go, oh, it's supposed to be crap, let's not go. Yeah, it, it's tough. Uh, there's just so many choices that people have with, uh, you know, the Netflix shows, the movie. You know, it, it, those bad reviews can just really, really take the wind out of the sails of, of a movie like this. And, you know, it, it, it shows up that week two where people can say, screw the critics. Um, but then when people you know are also saying, eh, just wait for HBO if you're that interested. Yeah. That's what kills it. Yeah, and like, and just speaking anecdotally about us, when I bought, we bought the tickets on, I think, Wednesday, just because we decided we were going to see Suicide Squad this weekend and bought them in advance in case it sells out. And then once the reviews started trickling in Wednesday and Thursday, my girlfriend was so, was so sad that we were wasting time on it and was really wished we can get our money back and was instantly off board like she would have given the tickets away had someone been willing to take them so that we certainly felt that here as well that I, and i wanted to go because i was like we gotta just let's just see it like it's it's been so long in the making now but it, you're right it, you know word is going to get out from things like this podcast too and people are going to say why the hell would i go see suicide squad everyone tells me it sucks yeah i, I think there are some fun moments what well what did you I don't know, man. I, I didn't. I found it hard to like anything. I just thought, well, here, no, here's what I like. That's not true. I liked the bar scene with, like, you know, with maybe a half hour left in the movie where the team actually, maybe the first time in the entire movie, they all sit down and, and converse amongst themselves about what they're doing, how they got there, what happens next. And they actually have sort of like a bonding moment. And. I liked that scene for what it was, and it actually reminded me of of a scene in Dave, several scenes in David Ayer's Fury, which is a lot of like the you know pe- men trapped in small either the tank or in like the dining room table, like men in, in small places having intimate conversations. And I thought it was his strengths were on display in that scene. But even though I liked that scene and what it you know brought, they that's the kind of scene they should have done six more times an hour earlier into the movie. Like doing that at the last possible second before they go into the big battle is is asinine. It's so odd. Like why would you establish those motivations and the, that bond of sorts when the, the movie's pretty much over? Like they've already. It, it's just it just all felt so backwards to me and so poorly put together. And it made me like that scene less, even though I did think that was really effective and and it, let, it was funny and you could see the actors actually getting a chance to act. Like it just. I just wish there had been more of that. And I, even though I enjoyed it, I was like, well, thanks for giving it to me at the last possible moment when it's when I've already decided that this sucks. Yeah, and you wonder if, if had Deadpool come out 
maybe a year before, maybe they would have changed courses on this. Yeah. And packed it with those type of scenes, packed it with snark, packed it with jokes, made the, you know, kind of the scale of things uh, a little smaller. I mean, Deadpool wasn't saving the world, was he? Uh, he was... Uh, no, he was just saving the girl back. from V. Yeah. And, you know, you just wish they would have went that route. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's a great point. Because Deadpool is like, and like, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't necessarily want them to go the route of the jokey Joker because Deadpool was, you know, felt very rare in some, like it was, it was so annoying at times, but it was so relentless that you kind of liked it. And I think if they, tr- if you try and make another Deadpool, it's going to be just a fucking mess. But I do agree that maybe they would have seen that they don't need to, you know, not every superhero movie has to be against a mythical creature and the universe doesn't have to always hang in the balance. Another dimensions, uh, sorceress. Yeah. There's no reason for that. Like, yeah. and that's what no one, no one's Batman's did that really well. And they didn't, you know, Gotham was at risk, but there was never any, you know, it, it was a very, like sort of in a bubble in a good way where, Gotham felt like the whole world because there was no other world you were aware of, but you didn't, there was no, it didn't try and, you know, expand it to crazy levels where you felt like it really was, you know, they, they, they kept it all on a very smaller scale and it, and it worked very well. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm pretty sure the Suicide Squad does not save the world. They, <laughs> they do Waller's kind of like black ops type of thing. Yeah, um, you know, would have loved to see that. Uh, yeah, that maybe, sounds like I never even thought of that, and it sounds great. I would see that movie immediately. So that's disheartening. All right, so what's next? As as DC super fan, you're obviously a little beaten down by by what this movie has brought to the table. How do you feel going forward? With I think we get what Wonder Woman next, and then Justice League after that. Is that right? I don't know exactly what the order is. I think Justice League is next year, though. So, I think Wonder Woman. We'll, we, we've gotten a trailer for Wonder Woman. I know that, okay. and I think we've gotten a teaser for Justice League. Right? right? Okay, so you're probably right. Yeah. So it probably goes Wonder Woman. I believe that that takes place in World War One. Uh, you know, the trailer didn't really do much for me, honestly. And then, uh, yeah, the, then we're assembling the league, and they bet if they screw that up, then I don't know where we're going from there. I don't know. I mean, the, like the the post credit scene is such like a cliche now that uh, you know even random ass movies like Ghostbusters have it. Like every movie that tries to build something or have a sequel does it. But I remember when I when they first started making these Marvel movies, you genuinely would like it would be fun to sit and wait through the whole movie because you wanted to see what was coming next. And the one in in uh, Suicide Squad with, with Batman or with Bruce Wayne and Man Waller was just. I it was so boring. I didn't like, I don't like, it didn't get me excited at all. Did you, did you care? No, I mean, it didn't really get me. I, I, I didn't even really get it. I was like, so she needs protection from Bruce Wayne now. Why would she need protection? Like he's just a billionaire. Like, I don't understand why he's going to help her in any way. Well, she, she alludes to the fact that he's Batman. Uh, oh, so she actually is aware of that. Well, okay. she, says, she says something about working nights. Uh, oh, okay. You know, with, so she knows. That makes sense. She she would know that, I guess. Yeah, she would know. So she's looking for superhero protection then, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes me like a like 1% more. So <laughs> that's good. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it got me more interested in Waller. Like, oh, she figured out Batman. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but that, no, I mean, I can't say I'm more excited for Justice League because of that. You know, I think, yeah, if they do a dark side invasion of Earth uh, with his flying winged uh, creature kind of minions, uh, I think it would be awesome. So is dark side like the big villain? He's like the, the big guy they're going to throw it in next? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's kind of like the guy that, I mean, Lex Luthor is is Superman's main villain, but Darkseid is the guy that can you know kind of go toe to toe with him, and he brings an army too. So okay. that's why we need the League to stop Darkseid. Oh, because he brings. Oh, so they're gonna do the same army bullshit then that we're that we're used to over and over again. They probably will. Yeah, I, I can only imagine that's where we're going. That uh, there was a dream sequence in Batman vs Superman, and it was it was pretty much like Darkseid's invading Earth. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so that's that's where we're going, and I'm excited. I, I love Dark Side. So, well, I'm glad you're excited <laughs> because I'm just like I just don't like I just don't know what credit to give them at this point. I they, they've done you know nothing to again nothing to draw me in. They've done nothing to prove that they can make a good movie. And I know you're not a Marvel fan, and we can have a whole separate conversation at some point about. DC versus Marvel and their pros and cons, but I think Marvel seems to, at the very least, understand the idea of a stepping stone that takes you from point A to point B to point C, and then it gets you to a really, you know, conclusion, a definitive conclusion, and as far as comic books go, and I just don't know that DC has interest or ability to do any of that. I feel like they're just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and trying to catch up and hoping it sticks and I'm glad you like it, but I just don't get it. Like I just have not seen anything worth liking so far. Yeah. You know, Marvel translates so much easier to the big screen. It's sort of like WWF and WCW back in like the nineties, like Marvel's big and flashy and fun. And like you said, the heroes are, you know, the villains pale in comparison, but that's okay. Cause we pay to see the heroes anyway. Yeah, no. That, and, and that is a pretty good comparison. Like you want to see Hulk Hogan, you didn't care if he was facing Iron Sheik or Sergeant Slaughter. Like it, it, most of the time, you want to just see Hulk come out and do the do the hand gesture and put the leg drop down. And most of the time, you want to see Spider Man just swing around and fight some guy in a suit. Yeah, and the fact that they take place in in real cities, uh, New York or wherever, Tony Stark's in Malibu. Or, yeah, I think it does actually help. Uh, you know, when it translates to the big screen. I think you're right. Yeah, but uh, it seems less silly when it's like it's in a little. In it's split. not Midway. It's, what was it? Midway City. We were in, uh, which was I guess Chicago. Yeah, it's probably their Chicago. Isn't Gotham like Chicago too, though? I think Gotham is New York, and uh, what's Metropolis then? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. see. This is where like, but you're right though. I think it's it's interesting because Marvel has like the bigger, flashier characters, but then is is based in reality. And DC sort of has as ridiculous characters too. But I feel like DC's characters are a little more grounded and a little less. You know, there's obviously not as mutants and so much. Like they also most of them seem like people, but then they're set in this like fantasy America or fantasy world. And I think that sort of takes away from how much you buy into it as like a genuine thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, I just, you know, I, I like these uh, DC properties more and honestly, it's just cool to see them on the big screen actors playing them. That's kind of just why I like it better along with the villains. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, they have a tough go of it going forward. 
Yeah. Uh, this is this was not a good step in the right direction. So no. we'll see. Well, you know what? The good thing is we have you on staff now as official DC expert. So when the next <laughs> you're officially now you have to see every DC movie and you have to come back and tell us if it's actually worth a damn or not. So I probably will anyway. So I'll be, it's <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> We're not going to pay you or anything. So I'm glad you would anyway, cause that's, that's a big part of it. But yeah, we, it's, you know, this, this one took a lot out of me. So, but I'm glad you took a lot out of it. And I'm glad that we had someone here who can shine a little light on what, you know, what, where he thinks they're all going because not something, if you haven't seen it yet, I, I couldn't recommend you go see it. I'm not sure what you would take away from it. That would be good. Just you listen to this whole podcast at this point. Just just do what Chris normally does and just sit with that and just that and then maybe Wikipedia it and you're good. Yeah, wait for HBO. Yeah, there's you know there's a handful of scenes that are kind of worth watching, I guess. Uh, and we didn't talk about Margot Robbie that much, and she was she was pretty good. I enjoyed her. I think she did the best she could with you know, and I certainly gave her the most screen time of probably anybody. So she she definitely made that count. Yeah, yeah, she was good. She was exactly uh, what I thought she would be and what she needed to be. Um, people kind of made it seem like it was going to be more than that. Uh, yeah, which I, I I didn't really get. Uh, no, I thought it was there was Harley Quinn in real life. Uh, yeah, and she was fine. So it was sort of absurd that she would be chosen for this squad at all. Like. She's a, she was a psychiatrist who at some point apparently learned how to shoot guns and fight. Fight, yeah. And, and then has to fight this, like like you said, like her, her skills would have made much more sense on a much smaller scale, too. Like, she shouldn't be participating in a save-the-world type effort. Her, it just doesn't, she doesn't do anything that translates to that. She carries a bat around and, like, a gun. Yeah, she, uh, she brought a bat to a other-dimensional sorceress fight. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh that's good and yeah and that's in and it worked out fine for her weirdly enough but yeah she she smashed her with the bat and uh you know it didn't really get too hurt (laughs) amazing no and and cut the heart out at the end for some reason that was the big thing i don't yeah that was all just so bad because because she hurt her friends i mean they became fast friends one scene they all hung out together and somehow they're these great friends yeah, she made a blue drink, and the El Diablo had some water, and they were all just best buds. Yeah, and then I mean, the love of her life dies in a fiery uh, helicopter accident, and and then you know they turn the corner, and she just she's there, she's sitting on the cop car, like, yeah, all right, let's go kill this thing. <laughs> well, she's crazy, you know. So who oh, knows? Well, we couldn't they, possibly predict how her brain works. How how could I forget? They uh, they didn't let us forget. <laughs> she's crazy. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to talk to you about this. Yes, yes. Well, the, may the next one be a lot better than this. Yes, so. that's literally all we can ask. So, <laughs> God, if it's not, then that's going to be, I don't even know how it can get worse. So, uh, just really only up from here, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, well, hopefully the reviews of the next one will be good and you, you'll actually see it. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm. I'm always on the fence about that. I've just uh, th- these. I'm I'm sort of getting malaise by these myself. All the comic book movies. So I I don't know how much strength I'm going to have left at a certain point. But there's a lot more coming. So and we got to produce that great content for everybody. So I need to buck up somehow and get the strength back. But the bad ones really take a lot out of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then plus we have a budding franchise in Independence Day too. So. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
if you haven't seen Independence Day Resurgence, go to inrealdeep.com and read my review and do not go see Independence Day Resurgence. That's all I can say about that. Yeah, I, I actually just saw it too. And it might be the worst <laughs> film I've ever seen. <laughs> this is a couple bad ones in a row then for both of us. That's not a good start. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So. <laughs> all right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on. It was a pleasure as always. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you for letting me on, and I uh, look forward to uh, well, what's the next big move? Oh, I look look forward to your Born podcast coming, <laughs> so I don't have to see Jason Born. <laughs> we'll see. I'm not making any promises about that. Okay. I don't know if I can even find a friend to do a Born podcast. So. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> thank you. So. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening, and uh, we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. <laughs>